high and low, hot and cold. I looked everywhere for what I need, but now I know. Hello, welcome to SOS, Soulfully Observant and Sometimes Obsequious Sage. I am your host, Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. Thank you for joining me tonight. I appreciate you being here. Our focus in the next hour is TNT, the dynamite of triggers and the power of trust. If you're looking for ways to improve your business, life, circumstances, and relationships, you've come to the right place. SOS is help for the soul. As a soul sculptor, I help you break out of the mold of past clearing whatever stands in the way so that you can have the life that you deserve, the life of your dreams. And to help you get there, you can find my books on Audible and Amazon or visit my website, jenniferelizabethmasters.com for a free download to transmute anxiety and worry. It is my free gift to you. So what is the big deal about triggers and why is trust so all fired important? Well, we're going to dive into both of these subjects in just a moment. And just to remind you, you can call into the show. We are on station one, number one, BBS station one, and the numbers are 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. All righty then. So hopefully you've written those numbers down. Um, you can also find them online when you go to BBS Broadcasting. What is a trigger? Well, a trigger is a response caused by a particular action, process, or situation. I like to look at the dictionary just to keep me straight here. So sometimes a triggered memory from childhood. It could also be something that precipitates a particular event or situation. To set off, initiate. Triggered bitter debates, allergens that trigger asthma attacks, those are triggers. So what we are talking about tonight, though, is a tone, a look, a word, a phrase, action that triggers a feeling inside of us. A trigger can turn us around, making us feel like a helpless child all over again. And the emotions that rise up from the depths of our past can be sometimes overwhelming. If, for example, you're a Holocaust survivor, you could be triggered by swastikas or the mention of Adolf Hitler. So who has triggers? Don't worry, nobody's left out. Everyone has them. And they usually stem from childhood. Triggers are things said or done by others that cause us to feel infuriated, rageful, and emotionally upset. Many of us have been triggered by the events happening around the United States, from police brutality to outright murder of protesters. Those things can trigger a lot of emotions. If you've lost your home, if you've ever been homeless at one time, 
seeing tents that are in every city or or town, homeless families, children sleeping on the ground or without food, you may be triggered. Triggers could be political, and there's plenty going on in the media to cause us to feel triggered. There's no doubt we're living in very strange times. We can feel triggered every time we go to a store, when we have to wear a mask, or perhaps you've been in a store when a shopper has refused to wear a mask and screamed at a teenager who asked them to wear one. We're more apt to be triggered when we feel pushed to our limits. Many people have been out of work, lost businesses, clients, lost sales, lost family members, or have been unable to visit loved ones because of quarantines and border closings. Teachers are being pushed beyond their limits, having to teach sometimes three groups of students at different times because of the rules, quarantine or social distancing. They might be triggered by one more rule added to the deep pile of rules and regulations that they've had to follow to be able to get their students safely taught and educated. We've become numb to ridiculousness. Therefore, the news media has to be even more shocking to get our attention these days, further triggering our emotions. One minute we might be focused on forced immunization and what that could mean for our family, and the next we could be worrying about whether our government will be anything close to what we long and dream about. Whether the subject is Jeffrey Epstein, Donald Trump, Melania, or Joe Biden, there are plenty of things that can trigger us today. Beyond COVID, beyond politics, there are other triggers. Jealousy, for example. If someone that you feel inferior to is hitting on your wife, husband, or partner, you might feel triggered. A trigger is when a stimulus sets off a memory or flashback to the original event of trauma. We may have an emotional outburst that is inappropriate for what is actually happening. Our emotions are our internal guidance system setting off a warning siren in our brain when we're in an unconscious state. When we're triggered, we can be standing in our parents' kitchen flashing back to our four-year-old childhood. When someone crosses a boundary or pushes an internal button, we react. Our emotions can be the only way that we recognize an unconscious trigger. Other words for triggers are charges, pushing buttons, but it's all the same. And it is what we do to those that are closest to us, sometimes unknowingly, unwittingly. We're often reacting and responding to the people around us and their energy and unconscious programming. Often we're on the receiving end, and it certainly doesn't feel very good at all. Those who love us the most and are closest to us 
are most adept at pushing those buttons or triggers. People will constantly push your limits looking for the place where you draw the line in the sand. When we don't set limits and boundaries in healthy ways, others were going to push us until we do. Often without healthy boundaries, we keep getting pushed until we react negatively and explode with heated emotions all over the person who's pushing those buttons. Maybe it's a cat. You, however, will be the bad guy when you explode no matter who pushed your button. Our spouses, partners, friends, siblings, parents, aunts, uncles, and even our children will push our most tender places, causing emotional reactions. And if you've ever heard the words, I hate you, mom, you have been triggered. As long as there is a button to push, you can guarantee someone will find that tender place within you and push it hard. Healing our past stories and letting go of programming, pain, and suffering is a great place to begin. And here are some of the buttons that people have. It could be a sight that triggers an emotion from an old trauma. It could be a sound that reminds you of an event where you were traumatized or abused. For example, if you've ever been whipped with a belt, Hearing the sound of a man taking his belt out of the belt loops in one fell swoop whoosh, could be enough to trigger you. It could be the sound of a bus, a train, or maybe a song. It could be the smell or scent of a perfume. It could be the scent of a cleansing agent that reminds you of something unpleasant powerfully traumatic, or caused you panic or deep fear. It could be touch, a particular touch that reminds you of an incident. Our mind connects the invisible dots between sights, sounds, smells, and even facial expressions. In a moment, we're reacting to something from our past when it feels like it is happening in the present. Our unconscious mind never forgets, and all it takes is one of our senses to be triggered to experience the trauma all over again. And today, triggers are everywhere. If you watch the news or use social media, there are headlines and subjects that you see your friends posting about. You wonder what to do or say. You may decide to block people because they trigger such deep emotions. Now that we've explained what triggers are, let's learn what we can do about these explosive experiences so that we don't bite someone's head off or react with explosive anger when we do not mean to. All right, so number one, what's the first thing we could do? Set healthy boundaries. And now if you're insecure, like I used to be, setting healthy boundaries was not easy. When we're so worried what people think of us, we may be hesitant to say no or stop or cut it out or whatever it may be. 
Setting healthy boundaries boundaries may mean blocking family members from your social media pages. I've had to do that with my two brother, two of my three brothers. I do my best to keep my family members separate from social media, and instead I call them on the phone. This way, I'm not subjecting them to my beliefs or having them subjected to my business posts. It might be better to phone your friends and family members when you know you have differing political and socioeconomic beliefs. Keep these subjects separate from conversations about the weather and their health. All right, so the next thing that you could do is recognize the early signs you're being triggered. So what does it feel like to be triggered? Well, you may feel guilt. You may feel shame. uh, You may start to feel a flush in your face. You may feel tingly in your skin. Put a stop to the pushing before you explode. Know that you're reacting to something from the past. And ask yourself, when have I felt like this before? Was it my mother, my father, my brother, my sister? Was it an abuser? Was it a spouse, babysitter? Where have I felt this feeling before? So asking yourself questions can help you solve this issue from the inside out. Avoiding drugs and alcohol can help you to be more in control of your emotions. Drugs and alcohol can lift inhibition so that you don't control yourself. And if you do react, forgive yourself for the reaction. Forgive the other person for causing your reaction. You know, it's really easy to blame the other person. Have compassion for both of you. And here's the tough one. Know that if you're the one yelling, if you're the one pointing the finger, if you're the one getting upset, you are the one with the issue. And remember, blame doesn't support you. You aren't a victim, even though it feels as if you're being victimized. Look at what triggered the reaction as a chance to heal the old wound and put it to rest. Recognize when your emotions are rising and breathe slowly and deeply. Focus on your breath instead of what you feel. Breathe through the moment. Tell the people around you, I need a moment. Step away. Go outside. Change the energy. Talk about what just happened calmly. Remember to breathe. Because the more that we breathe, the more grounded we are in our body, the more in control of how we feel and respond. Apologize if it's necessary for any emotions that were out of control. Even with your children. There was a time that I used to yell and scream at my kids. I had deep rage and had no idea I had it. And so when my kids would push, I would yell. I reacted. I was being triggered. And many times for yelling at them, I apologized. 
It's not a bad thing to do so as a parent. Apologize. People who can't apologize for wrongdoing will soon be found out to be those with the biggest egos. We talked about that last week. I hope you listened to that show. All about narcissism and ego. So let's spend a little time with self-healing. And this can help you move through the experience of being triggered. So just notice what you're feeling in your body. And close your eyes because with your eyes open, you can be distracted. Put your attention without thought on the area that feels the most important or densest. Take a breath. Notice what you feel. Feel it. Keep your focus on that that part of your body and just notice what that feeling is doing, what it's doing in that particular body part. Focus on one area. So as we spend time focusing on this one area, the energy that was there, the denseness, the heaviness, whatever it is, the emotion, is going to begin to move and dissipate. And this is what we want. It's excellent. So spend a little bit more time giving attention and noticing what you feel. Notice the heaviest part of your body and put your awareness on it. While focusing your attention fully on this specific area, whether it's your liver, your abdomen, or your kidneys, don't engage in any thoughts. Let those go. Just let the mind go. Giving your entire focus and attention to the area where this dense energy was will help you be in a state of awareness and allowing. Notice as this energy dissipates and lifts. It may move to another body part, and that's okay too. Then notice what it's doing over there. Spend some time focusing your attention on that one body part. Just notice what it's feeling like. What's it doing? What amazing and amazing feeling to feel that energy that at one time was so heavy, nearly crippling, let go completely and be released. Now, you can use this method for eliminating and clearing unwanted emotion. Just by noticing an emotion or feeling in your body, putting your attention fully on it will allow it to move. We're not thinking about anything. We're not judging anything. We're not wondering, where is it coming from? Who did this to me? None of those things, no thought, just are attention fully on the feeling. Whatever is there will move as our attention is placed completely on it, allowing it to be released, which is what we want. Now, most of the time, what we do is we ignore emotions and all those feelings. We want to stuff them back down with food, alcohol, ice cream, whatever the substance is, 
but it's far better to release these from the body. You know, stuffing anger causes depression. We can do lots of harm by stuffing our emotions. They are meant to move. That's why they're called emotion. Motion. And once we do, once we release them from our body, our reactions become less and fewer each time we process them. So what does that mean? Could it mean you could release all your triggers? Well, it is possible if we do enough of this. So let's take a nice deep breath together. Okay, so you'll be relieved. We're letting the triggers go. All the triggers are going. And now, okay, we're on to trust. And you're probably thinking, oh, this is a good subject. I like this one. Trusting someone can be a scary thing. What if they hurt me? What if they steal from me? What if they lie or cheat? What then? A lack of trust can clarify our own fears. Trust, however, cannot happen unless we have it for ourselves. When we trust ourselves, we are not so afraid to trust others. Well, how can we trust ourselves? Our ability to trust comes from our past experiences. If we've done things in our past that have created shame, we have a tendency not to trust. Perhaps we pick partners that did not make us happy or didn't live up to our expectations. Our past experiences govern our ability to trust. And the way we view our past and our inability to trust ourselves has an impact on ourselves today, right now in this moment. Where we are right now is because of the past experiences we've had. The wisdom we've learned is what colors our experiences of today. If we still feel the sting of shame and guilt from the past, or even current relationships, we won't trust others. When we don't trust others, we don't trust ourselves. We cannot trust in others what we do not trust in ourselves. I'm going to repeat that because it's so important. We cannot trust in others what we do not trust in ourselves. So why is that? It's because... We don't trust our ability to make good choices. We are our own worst enemy when it comes to judgment and recrimination. We condemn ourselves endlessly for decisions we made years ago. We continue to beat ourselves up with regret and disappointment for those poor choices. Well, guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to let it go. Take a nice deep breath. Ah, let it go. And yes, I've got more for you. I have other ways to let go. There comes a time that we have to forgive ourselves for what we have done. We can't continue to beat ourselves up without having health issues. We've learned something precious and valuable from our past experiences. There's no right or wrong. There's no mistake. 
It just is. Maybe that challenging marriage that we just got out of was a valuable teaching tool that was for our own awakening. Maybe the most difficult relationships that we have are the best things for us to get us to get out of our own way, for us to really love ourselves completely. They're just lessons. Self-recrimination and judgment of the self accounts for so much of our our low, I can't even say the word, our low self-esteem. We have to stop condemning ourselves now, right now. Make the agreement with yourself right now. I'm going to wait. Get a piece of paper, a notebook, a pen. Don't put this off. Don't tell yourself, oh, I'll do it later. You won't. You won't come back to it. Make the commitment today to be kinder and more loving to you. So get that piece of paper, that notebook, that journal. It doesn't have to be fancy. Cereal box, whatever it is. Magazine. All right, so here's what you're going to do. Write the word I and then your name. So I will be Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. Commit to myself. And I'm going to say some funny words and you're going to go, what is that? I am that I am that I am. And what you're doing is you're connecting with your divinity. And you could put in brackets, my divine self. I commit to my divine self that I will stop beating myself up for not doing better with regard to personal choices, comma, preferences, and decisions. Period. Breathe. And smile. This is a fun thing. It's a great thing to make a commitment to yourself. When was the last time you did? You probably made commitments to everybody else but you. You deserve this. It's going to help lighten the load that you carry. All right, here we go. You ready? The next sentence, I have done the best I could at the time. This is important because it lets go of regret. Believe me, I, <laughs> I hung on to regret for a very long time. When I let it go, when I forgave myself, it was amazing how much better I felt. All right, where is Okay, I've done the best I could at the time with what I knew then. With what I knew then. Period. I further recognize that each event in my life was just an experience. I learn a lesson each time I have an experience 
and I receive a gift, period. You didn't know there was going to be presents, goodie bags, absolutely. I'm all about the party. All right, the next thing, you don't have to write that down. I gratefully receive the gift and the lesson, comma, this is important. I gratefully receive the gift and the lesson, comma, the first time I have the experience so that I don't have to keep repeating the same thing over and over again. So I'll repeat that again. I gratefully received the gift and the lesson, comma, the first time I have the experience so that I don't have to keep repeating the same thing over and over again. Sign and date it today. Well, it's almost the end of August, the 28th. 2020, and then the next sentence, this commitment, excuse me, this commitment is a covenant between my ego self, and you could put in brackets, lower self, and my high self, period, Now, on the calendar, you want to draw a heart and put a circle around it. So this is like a double, a double commitment because you're noting on the calendar the date that you made the commitment with your own heart. Excellent. Congratulations. I bet you feel better already. I sure do. Self-forgiveness is always for us. Whether we're forgiving an abuser, a parent, a sibling, forgiveness never needs to have an apology. I mean, we might want an apology, but we don't have to have one. Uh, Whether it's written or verbal from the perpetrator, we do not need one. There was a time that I expected it. I wanted it. But you know what? In the scheme of things, it's only between us and us anyway. Forgiveness releases us from the burden of suffering from the past event. And suffering is a choice. I I hear you asking, suffering is a choice? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. As a um, well-practiced sufferer, I can tell you, suffering comes from resisting what is. So what do I mean by what is? Suffering comes from resisting what's happening right now, the circumstances, the events, or the people in our lives. You know, I I tell my clients, don't be focused on who you want to win the election. (laughs) Don't get upset. Buy it. Don't be focused on the outcome. 
because it can cause you suffering. When we rail against or fight our present circumstances, we suffer. And like I said, I know a lot about suffering. I did it for over 35 years. And the truth is, people, we are not meant to suffer. Pain and challenges are inevitable. Suffering is optional. And one of my spiritual teachers used to say that to me. Suffering is optional. So write that down. Suffering is optional. We are meant to learn and move forward with forgiveness. So instead, recognize that you cannot change anybody else but you. What you can do is change you. You can change your perceptions. You can change the way you feel. You can change your thoughts. And when you change, the people around you change miraculously. So I want to just spend a moment here. One of my clients came to me for a challenging codependent marriage. And she did not expect the outcome. And we're not done yet, but we're at probably six weeks of, of coaching. And each week I, I do an energy clearing while we talk. And so it's quite a pleasant experience. And so I'm doing energy clearings while she's talking, and we talk about many different things. But what's been happening is her relationship with her husband is improving. Her communication is improving. Her reactivity is less. It is amazing when you start doing inner work on yourself Everything else outside of you changes. All right, so let's look at suffering for a moment. How do we stop suffering? Well, I'm going to give you a visual. I love visuals. Think of the Energizer Bunny. He marches along, beating the drum, backing up, running into the wall over and over again, not able to move forward, right? That's what suffering is, repeating the same behavior, trying to make someone else change, hoping their behavior will change, hoping that your love will change them, hoping that you could fix them. Yeah, I've been there, done that, worn the t-shirt, gave it away to Goodwill years ago. Okay, so let's look at an example. Let's just say... Your husband leaves the toothpaste cap off the toothpaste. You tell him it bugs you, but he keeps doing it. You remind him and he keeps doing it. Or maybe he leaves the toilet seat up and you keep falling into the cold water and the bowl in the middle of the night and it makes you angry, but he keeps doing it anyway. Well, you have a couple of ways to go. I'm going to give you some suggestions. Put cellophane on top of the bowl, really nice and tight. And the next time he goes to pee, he's going to get splashed. Imagine, he will change his behavior. Or take crazy glue. Glue the toothpaste cap onto the toothpaste and hide another tube for you to use for yourself. Okay, I hope that you've had a good laugh about these, but you, you'd never do these, right? Wrong. And here's a true story about a woman that I know 
who knew what her husband was up to and decided to take a different tact. Each year, this couple dressed up as Mr. and Mrs. Claus. They decorated their entire home and backyard for the neighborhood kids and parents. People came from miles around to see them. They became known across the state. They were in the newspaper and on the news. He was a really nice guy, right? Wrong. He was screwing every woman he could get his white-gloved hands on. Mrs. Claus knew she needed to do something to get her philandering husband to change. But what could she do? What could she do? Talking to him wouldn't do it. He was sticking his wick in ink that didn't belong to him. What could she do? What could she do? Mrs. Claus was skillful in the kitchen, skillful with crafting. So she took some crazy glue one night while Mr. Claus was sleeping peacefully, dreaming about sugar plum fairies. She glued his wick to his stomach. And when Mr. Claus awoke with his usual erection, he got a huge and painful surprise. He was glued. He could not pee into the bowl because of the direction his wick was pointing. He was in pain. He had to go to the hospital to have the crazy glue removed. He was embarrassed beyond belief. Mrs. Claus enacted change in her home environment by doing something that would get his attention when his soldier was at attention. Rather than coming unglued, she glued him. We always have choices. Here's your mission. What one thing can you do right now that would create change in your household? Maybe you're not going to be using crazy glue. Just to be on the safe side, write, write three things. Pick the best and most profound to be number one. What's one thing that you could do right now to create change in your household? Maybe it's setting an intention for the day. Maybe it's to be more loving and positive and kind to you. Maybe it's to be more soft and loving, compassionate for yourself. Your thoughts create. Write down the thoughts that you think over the next five minutes that express what is going on in your mind most of the time. I'll give you a couple of suggestions, possibilities perhaps. These thoughts that you're thinking could be, I'm not good enough. I am too old. I am not worthy. I'm not lovable. I'm not enough. I'm not deserving. I am far from perfect. So spend a little time writing the thoughts that you think about yourself. Maybe it's just one. Maybe you just don't feel like you're enough. While you're doing this, make sure you're breathing. Always remember to breathe. 
the truth is we create stress trying to be perfect. Women are notorious for perfectionism. We were trained as children to be good little girls. Perfectionism pushes women to diet, starve themselves, and stress over trying to be perfect. We may try, strive, and push ourselves towards perfection, but the truth is we will never and can never be perfect. By definition, we are imperfect. We're human. Humans have frailties, faults, and foibles. Maybe warts and moles. Maybe a little... a little weight that we don't want. Allowing ourselves to be imperfect is a huge relief. Allow yourself to do the best you can from now on without having to strive for perfection. Striving for perfection sets us up for failure. Breathe, nice deep breath. What, I can't be perfect? You can be lovely, you can be beautiful, you can be enough, deserving, wonderful, infinite, filled with light. There's always going to be imperfection. You are already good enough. You are already lovable. You are already worthy. So spend five minutes forgiving yourself for being so hard on you. So just sit back with your eyes closed and repeat the Ho'oponopono prayer. You don't have to be certified to use this. You can do it. The Kahuna healers in Hawaii have been using this for eons. So take a nice deep breath and you're thinking of yourself. Always begin with you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. All right, this time, I want you to cross your arms across your chest, your right hand across on your left shoulder, your left hand on your right shoulder, and this time, tip your chin down towards your chest. Close your eyes so you're bowing your head. Why? You know. Churches, for a long time, have known bowing our heads quiets the mind. So bow your head, and I'll help you through this one more time. Closing your eyes, thinking of you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. That was much better than the first time. I think you really connected. Now think of all the ways you've tried to be perfect or have not accepted yourself as you are. So while saying this prayer slowly, thinking of you, be tenderhearted towards you. I am sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. You know, energy moves in a circle, and it's either spiraling up 
or spiraling down, but it also spirals out. So whatever we send out come back, comes back to us. And if you're hard on yourself, harsh with yourself, if you're cruel to yourself, your world will reflect your harshness and toughness back to you. Oh, <laughs> I'm hearing some light bulbs turning on. Oh, is that what's been going on? If you're stingy, you're going to find people are not generous with you. If you're critical of yourself, others will criticize you also. The more you push, strive, and beat yourself up for not being good enough, the less you will trust yourself. Breathe. Breathe. It's funny that you won't trust yourself fully because you're harsh and hard on you. Instead, begin to think of yourself with a softer focus. Think of how you felt when you held your firstborn child. Or if you don't have children, if you've ever held a newborn the first time you did, remember how that felt. You know, just think about the baby. Think about the baby crying. So if the baby cries, poops, pees, do you beat the baby up? No, of course not. So when you do the things that you do that you're not happy with, don't beat yourself up for it. Look at yourself with a soft focus. Tell yourself, I did the best I could with what I knew. And if you didn't, tell yourself, next time, I'll be better prepared. You'll do better next time. You did the best you could with what you knew at the time. Take a deep breath. Tell yourself, I love you just the way you are. I love me. I love me. I love me. Now that phrase, I love me, is a mantra. Mantras are powerful words that we repeat either out loud or silently in the background of our minds. Mantras heal Mantras calm our minds and therefore heal our bodies. They can be in Sanskrit, English, Spanish, any language at all. Repeating these kind and loving words can change the way our brain works. Mantras lower cortisol in our bodies. They alkalize our body chemistry because the brain waves lengthen and become congruent. So just take a moment, close your eyes, and see how this feels. And just repeat these words. I am loved. Take another deep breath. Notice how it feels in the body when you say those words. Now try this one. I am lovable. 
Repeat it silently in the background of your mind. I am lovable. And notice how that feels in your body. And one more time. I love me. So repeat in the background of your mind, replacing the negative chatter with these loving words and do this for one whole week and see how your life begins to improve. Love begins with us. We can't be open to receive love if we don't even love ourselves. Most of us have blocks to receiving love. We block hugs, kisses, and even love from our animals. We push them away when they want to be loved and hugged. We might block our husbands and children. Try to be more present with your loved ones and yourself this week. I love me. I love me. I love me. Trust builds from within. And as we become more loving and accepting of ourselves, we begin to be more trusting of us. Energy moves in a circle. What we send out comes back to us. Begin with you. Love you. Trust yourself. When you begin to trust yourself more, guidance will come in that you will follow instead of judge and critique. And one of the things, I'll tell you a story. When I had my landscape business back in Georgia, this is around 2001, 2002, I kept getting guidance when I'd walk into the barn. Tools would be lit up with a halo around them. And I would argue with this guidance I was being given. And every time I did, I would go off without the tool that was lit up and get halfway through the project and have to go buy another one. And I cannot tell you the number of times I ignored the guidance before I realized it was never wrong. I didn't trust myself, so I didn't trust the guidance. When we don't trust ourselves, we don't trust our angels, our guides, or God. Discernment is something that grows within us as our trust is strengthened. Discernment is a perception in the absence of judgment with a view to obtaining spiritual guidance and understanding. Discernment grows as trust builds. You'll make better decisions when you use discernment rather than ego to make your decisions. Oh, wow, you've done such a beautiful job. Take a nice deep breath. Yay! We've come to the bullshit segment. I know, this is, this is so much fun. I love the bullshit. So we're going to be shedding some much-needed light on the bullshit. So what are the bullshit things about triggers? Well, we love to play the blame game. We get upset and angry. Look at what you made me do. <laughs> Shirking our actions and blaming others for what we feel is absolute bullshit. And my cat agrees. 
Triggers can cause us to make excuses for our actions, and a trigger might keep us from going further. Performance anxiety, for example, could be a response to a trigger. An actor having to perform and do their best may not feel good enough and could cause them to make excuses for not performing to their best ability. Well, we can also avoid subjects and opportunities for growth. We may stop ourselves from doing the things that we know would be best for us. Another person could stop us from doing things we enjoy when we attempt to avoid those people who trigger us. All right, and on the subject of trust, once trust is lost, it can be very difficult to get it back. When dealing with another person, there is usually bullshit involved. If you tell your truth, it becomes part of your past. If you tell a lie, it becomes part of your future. Honesty is always the best policy. Lies, huge bullshit. Hating or fearing all dogs because one dog bites you. Yep, it's bullshit. All of a sudden you don't like dogs. A loss of trust can also cause triggers. We can have skewed views or reactions even when some are initially life-saving. The biggest bullshit about trust is that we blame the person who cheated but forget our part. If we don't trust ourselves, people will continue to show up to illuminate our issues. It becomes an obstacle of the same problem, an obstacle course repeating itself over and over again. Once we learn to trust ourselves, we have greater optimism and we attract better quality relationships. We also have greater opportunities, experiences, and guess what? Our life improves as we have faith in our decisions. Now, we may think there's nothing we can do to change the outcome of the events happening in our world. However, entirely bullshit. It's the furthest thing from the truth. As we each raise our own vibration and act from a place of love, we help to resolve the issues on the planet. When we stop hating ourselves, we stop hating our neighbors. When we start loving who we are, we stop seeing others as different. I so appreciate you being here. I love you. Thank you for your time. Sending you a huge hug. Let's get back to loving. I'm going to get back to loving me. Good night. Thanks for listening. Going back, I'm going back, I'm going back to loving me. High and low, hot and cold, I looked everywhere for what I need.